All right, everyone, what is up? Welcome back to the final episode of season four of the Panthers Nation Network. Now, I know our seasons are a bit arbitrary. We try to go a season in the offseason, a season during the season. It has what's made it four in the two, three years we've been doing this with uh, with the Panthers Nation Network. So it's cool to say that it's been our, our fourth season and to have everyone on, including our newest member. And like we said, we introduced him earlier you know, bring We're going to introduce him again, Jason Brooks, joining us to just bring an extra sort of perspective for for the for the podcast. Um, so, if you've been enjoying him, we we certainly have, and so uh, we hope you all have been enjoying his takes as well. But guys, talking about it, training camps upon us. You know, they're at Wofford. They've moved in. They're getting Oreo cookies from fans. What are our thoughts and feelings off of this first week? And I'm gonna let. Jeff Taylor start back up because he's been out doing his own things in the Charlotte media space. So we're very happy to have him back for this final episode. So Jeff, you've been out and about talking to a lot of people. What have you been, what have you been hearing about training camp and what are you excited to hear about so far? Well, the first thing is we're going to give, um, we're going to give Baker Mayfield a little, uh, little, little crap here because he came out the first day with sweatpants and a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> um, and they were like, you're not in Cleveland anymore, dude. <laughs> you are in Wofford. You are in Rock Hill. You are in the bowels of South Carolina. You are, you are in the heat, but um, no, no, you know, um, I think, I think the interesting part has been, um, you know, just seeing them out there. And I think the excitement of, uh, you know, the fans, you know, it's been, you know, they're, they're pretty much ready for Baker Mayfield. When you've heard the, uh, the fans yelling and stuff like that, it's been more Baker than Sam. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of the quarterback deal, I'll go on that real quick. Um, there have been a couple of days that Sam has looked better than Baker. Um, there's been a couple of days where Baker has looked better than Sam. Um, but I think the interesting part has been, I think, uh, um, yesterday or Friday, like I think uh, uh, Matt Corral went with the number twos for the first time. So I think him going with the number twos excited a few people. Um, so could Baker or, or Sam be on the, you know, number three? Um so, you know, but of course, um, every, it's been great to see everybody. Everybody's love seeing, you know, CMC out there and, um, you know, just getting back at it. I think the offensive line, from what I've heard, the offensive line has been intense and has looked has looked pretty daggone good. Um, and I know we'll get into it a little bit later. There are a couple of questions on the defensive side of the ball in terms of some injuries. Um, and I'll let you guys maybe get into that with, you know, we're talking about uh, J.C. Horn and uh, Shaq Thompson, um, some of the stuff we've heard there. But, you know, hey um, – I'm glad to be back with you guys. It's kind of like Randy Quaid in Independence Day when he yell, when he yells, "I'm back." Uh, so uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys do a rocking job, and uh, good to be back. But yeah, so I think you know everybody's gonna you know everybody's watching the quarterbacks. I mean, that's the way it's gonna go. Um, and and uh, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. And 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 we can talk a little bit more. Um, I'll let other guys go, but you know, talk about the injury stuff. I could throw a little more into that. Yeah, guys. I mean, we're talking about you know it's always fun to see. You know, them go back to, to Wofford College to see them, you know, the first day coming in, whatever mode of transportation they like to. We saw that. We talked about it last week. And, you know, we love to say, you know, that they're they're doing it really – this guy's doing hot, this guy's doing that, this guy's doing that. But, of course, they're still just playing up against, you know, oh yeah, up against uh, pads, standing dummies, you know, whatever that is they're playing against. So I always try to temper my expectations and my reactions when I see it. But from what I'm hearing in the Twitter space and, you know, from, from just media around, it does seem like – Corral's getting a bit of love out there. And I know Shantisa had been hearing a lot about that too. And what, what, what are you thinking about it? Uh, right now, I mean, at least from what I've seen, the release is crisp. He seems sharp on, on making some of those touch throws. And the fans are, are starting to take to him. The, the, I, you know, and nobody, everybody seems to be 
believing in what the hype is as far as like when he was drafted, what management has said has said about him. Again, it's one of those things where I mean, first week of camp, bro. There's no pads on. There's, like this, this is not real football yet. We'll see come this week whether you know whether he still has that same you know level of precision. Uh, whether he still has that same level of command of the offense. And again, he's still learning this game as well. So I don't really have much expectations for him as far as this season in in pushing for a starting job. If he can push to the QB two spot, I'll be happy. That'll mean that he can. I can realistically think that he can push for the QB one spot come next season. But um, as far as like as far as Matt Corral, bro, I mean, everybody seems to be impressed, and even I, I even I have to say I've been impressed with him as well. I can't really can't really deny what I've seen, but also can't really go overboard and say that he's that he's ready when we haven't even seen a full week of pads yet. That's what I'm saying. Now, Jason, for 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 Darnold, I mean, you know, it's got to be pretty disheartening to be walking down the driveway, walking down the sidewalk, and hearing, you know, all these chants for Corral and Baker. And I mean, I don't know what he was expecting coming down it, but what do you think that kind of puts in his head? Is it, you think it's going to be a chip on his shoulder, or or is it kind of just it's a lost cause at this point? Sam should be happy to have a job. Let's just be 100% honest. There's no reason for him to have any other feeling than gratefulness and graciousness towards the organization for welcoming him back to even be in the roster. Um, honestly and truthfully, I don't know what, what he was supposed to expect. I mean, we're hiring somebody that was in the same draft class as him, um, was drafted before him, um, and honestly was on a higher depth chart than him for most organizations at the time period um it was sort of like you know getting the golden egg dropping in your lap you know for this situation it was an optimal time for him to come in sam donald came in and pretty much crapped the bed and we didn't have anybody else in the hopper we did go out and get corral corral is impressed because impressive right now because he's a new face on the block and he's coming in and he's got a bigger chip on his shoulder than sam donald so it goes back to what I was saying maybe a couple of shows ago when I was saying DJ Moore has to get out of the happy to get here sort of mantra. Sam Donald needs to have I'm happy to be here mantra in order to remain in that quarterback room. That's what I was, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking too. And it's funny to talk about is that Sam's already probably going to have some sort of animosity. I know the two talked, but there's got to be some sort of animosity already there. I mean, hell, you know, he would Baker. He he allowed Baker or Baker beat the Jets to give the Browns one of their first wins in over two years with the organization. So that's already got to be you know a a hard a hard pill to swallow, and it creates just a little bit. It just got to create a weird quarterback room, and then PJ's kind of doing whatever PJ wants to do. He knows he's like I don't really have to do anything, and I'll probably still be on the roster at come come week one, which is always funny to watch. Now, when we look at it, and I have we have seen some of those, you know, connections already start to build. We saw, you know, a DJ, a couple of DJ passes already. We saw the inevitable Shy Smith training camp, amazing performance that we always see for whatever reason that Shy is able to perform once we get into training camp, and then after that, he's either neglected or or showing up or showing out. But I'm interested still to see at least on the offensive side. We talked about the offensive line, but outside of that, you know, I'm looking at least personally to see a little bit more coming out of the tight end position. I'm looking to see some of that, you know, that, that, that connection build between whether it is Ian or who I think it's more than likely going to be is Tommy Tremble. I'm, I'm expecting to see some packages come about some things we're running. Well, while we're not trying to, you know, give away the farm, but I'm looking to see some sort of connection start to build between him and Tremble as we, as we get going into those and in, in, into the, you know, weeks into the right end of the preseason. Well, from what I've seen and, and watched on film and stuff like that so far, Ian has been the most impressive. And he's gotten the most talk right now 
Um, I, I've heard people talk about him having a solid season. I've heard people talk about actually, and I think I can't believe I'm gonna throw these two words out pro bowl type season. Um, yeah, I mean, really they, they've talked about how, um, and they really think that, um, oh my gosh, brain freeze, offensive coordinator. Um, uh, Ben McAdoo. Yeah, ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Ben has talked highly of him and, 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 and the packages that he runs, um, there's there's some tight end stuff that could go down. So Ian's been pretty impressive uh, from what we've heard and seen so far, like locally, um, with with some of the uh, some of the media and some of the fans. And look, I'm not going to shake my head away at that. Like I've always been a big defender of Ian and, and hoped for more from him. I've wanted to see more from him since we drafted him. He was one of my favorite picks out of that class because, you know, we knew that Greg was coming to the end of his career. We knew we needed some sort of spark and it seemed like just athletically, you know, it was a good and natural transition from one to the other. And whether, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, just fizzled out or, you know, the, the utilization issues, but I mean, I, I would be willing, I would be hoping to see some more just for either of them, some tight end packages break out because it's going to get to the point where, you know, everyone's going to be looking at running backs. They're going to be looking at the easier wide receiver, you know, the easier matchups for wide receiver, the more noticeable ones. And I think tight end is something that could slip in through, you know, slip through the wayside, especially in that middle of the field, at least, at least what I'm, is what I'm hoping for. I don't know about y'all. Uh, well, I mean, at least, at least for me, I mean, just finding some consistency at that position, more, more so than anything. We haven't had a guy to just come out and just solely be tight end, tight end number one since Greg Olson left. So if Ian Thomas can come in and be productive, meaning like a 600-yard season for, for for him would be actually phenomenal. A couple, uh, you know, a few more, a few more touchdowns, that'd be great. Tommy Trumbull, I mean, we knew he was a project coming out. We knew we knew he wasn't much much of a actual tight end, more so than just being another fullback on honestly for our team he's i mean he, he's athletic he's got all the physical tools but he hasn't put it all together yet so it's, there's no telling how long that takes or if he ever gets that together um ian thomas for his work he has shown more flashes of being a true tight end it's just can that consistency level rise i would think well this is going into his fifth year yeah i, I would i would think so I, yeah. uh, I think so is it four or five is it four or five 2019 it's, it's, it's i think would have been 2019, I think, would have been his rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, I mean, for him at this point, yeah, you, you should, we should be entering that phase where you're starting to have more consistency, um, be, being that you're a, four, you know, a, a fourth-year guy. So, you know, Ian Thomas having the lead in, or this early in camp make, should be no surprise. Well, actually, no, I think you're right. I think, yeah, I think- he just signed his – he just signed after, out of a rookie contract. We just gave him a new contract. Yeah, I thought, I thought they may have been a yeah. fifth-year guy. And so that's I think, a, I think we should look like I think we should look more like the Patriots with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. I think we need a two tight end set this year. I think that that would alleviate a lot of the expectation that we have on Ian Thomas. He hasn't been able to take that lead role in the past three years. So if you throw in Tommy Trimble into the mix, you know, you do run those set packages. But I think we should be running a two tight end set this year. I think that will help us out tremendously, even in the running game. You know, and when, you, when you think about tight ends, I mean, let's be real in the NFL. What are we talking four that are really noticeable or that you can name. I mean, at the end of the day, let, let's be real. Um, I mean, if, 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 um, you know, I can bring up Anthony Fersker and Michael Pruitt, who've, you know, been solid, you know, I mean, like, you know, what I'm getting at, it's like, take away Travis Kelsey and Gronk and, and, uh, Darren Waller. Yeah. Darren Waller. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, like you said, I, I agree with what Jason said there, get a little consistency, you know, run the two tight end set and, and Hey, let's block first. Um, 
and, and get your running game going. Um, Cause we know, um, you know, that that's where it all starts. But at the end of the day, I, I, listen, there are, there are a bunch of no name tight ends, be consistent, know your role, um, find open spots and, and go. And that's what I'm hoping for, you know, not like a, I'm hoping for both of them to do kind of both because we had Ian, you know, being the more mobile, had the more running blocking. And I'm, you know, with the guys we brought on with Bozeman, especially, we saw what he would do with the pulling out there in Cleveland. And he's already got that sort of, you know, depending upon what position he plays, that's the one thing I'm looking to see get solidified as we go through here is a, is a solid, you know, idea, at least. I mean, we know that all these guys have the ability to play a couple of different positions on the line. But that's what I'm looking to. I mean, Bo- I know Bozeman, we've seen him routed some one way or the other, maybe as a possible center if need be. And then we've got other guys as well that could fi- fill out that position. But you've got these guys at tight end and in the interior line that are able to pull, that are able to, you know, to take it and go. And when you have McCaffrey and downhill runners like Foreman and, and, and Hubbard, you're going to need to do that a couple times. And I think it would work better with, you know, I- I'm looking for more packages like that where we're sending things out. I think the biggest thing for our offense the thing that's going to be the most impactful is keeping the defense on their toes. Kind of the same philosophy we put on where def- at defense where you're not sure where the blitz is going to come from. And we at least tried to do the first you know, year of, of Snow's, uh, Snow being at the helm. I hope we continue to do that this year. It's kind of the thing that we, Shantice and I talked about last week. I hope our offense does something similar where it's not the line might not be stationary. Now, I'm not saying in terms of moving them around at different spots on the line, but they might pull, you know, our guard might pull it and go and, and take off and, and, and lead block down there for We know that Tremble made a living off of that at Notre Dame. You know, he, he, he did that for a living. It's what he, it's the only film that was shown of him on draft night. There was not a single reception I think that I can remember. And for as far as Ian can go, you know, they have tried to pigeonhole him into being that blocking first tight end since he's been on the team. They did the same thing they did to him that they did to, um, oh my God, my memory's escaping me. Um, tight end. Behind Olsen forever had the he was the journey like a like a basically a backup quarterback. It's gonna kill me that I can't remember his name right now. He had that scoop and score touchdown against the Bucks when uh, when uh, when Stewart got the ball popped out from behind. Oh, it's gonna kill me. I'm not gonna be able to remember the one that we traded away. I don't even think we traded away. I just don't think we even to, uh, I this is gonna kill me. I'm I'll remember it at some point, and I'm gonna. And I'm going to yell it and I'm going to be upset. But I, I, I think that that's what I want to see more from this offense. When we've got all these different pieces, I think it hopefully should be something where it's not going to be this cookie cutter, you know, we know what you're going to get. We've got a lot of different guys that can move. We've got a real lateral moving offense as well. I don't want to see a whole lot of lateral you know, movement. We, don't, we need to get up and down the field. But you have the ability to take things, hash, you know, you know hash mark to hash mark and, and, and run wherever you want to, especially with some of the guys we have at each level of offense. It's what I'm hoping to see from from this offense. You know, like I said, don't want to give away the farm in this training camp or preseason, but I'm looking for for something of that kind of nature. Hey, well, how do you guys feel about Brady Christensen working with the ones at left tackle? I mean, look at that's what you know he was originally drafted for. He was, uh, you know, was was slated to to fill that role. Obviously, with getting icky now, I don't really think that that is. I mean, you can't not run him at at a certain point. If you're thinking of the logistics of he was, you know, he he's had that yeah. year. He put the work in to try to run for backup, and I think solely, honestly, it's more so to solidify where in the second he's going to play. 
I think they know Icky is the, is the left starting left tackle. I, I would be shocked if they didn't do that, especially with this new off- offensive line coach who seems to have a good head on his shoulders. I'm hoping that's more so just because, I mean, the runs we're running right now, the ones we are running right now still consist of having Elf line in the mix and Irving in the mix. And so I'm hoping that's just to see if they ha- he has good chemistry with those guys enough to where they can make a solid second line of defense. For lack yeah. of better words. Well, I was gonna say I, know, I, mean, I, I thought let's I, be I, honest I though. This is was, I'm not gonna go ahead, Jason. No, 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 great. Jason. I was gonna say this is the first week of school, guys. So let's let's just let everybody come in and start learning the ABCs and let's figure it out. I think them running Christensen at that position to your point, Jack, is you know, it's the comfortable spot. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what the development looks like. Icky's gonna come in. We think Icky's gonna definitely gonna play that spot, knowing that Christian is gonna have the mobility to maybe play in another position, maybe at guard. Um, so I think that that's where it's just like when you're saying talking about throwing Corral in with the twos. It's really just to show face in this and to kind of shake up the whole narrative that we've got our one and our two already picked. Right? It's kind of like let's see what Corral has. Let's throw him in the mix. See what he brings to the table, and let's put let's put um, let's put let's put the onus and the, and, and the, and the prove the proving grounds onto those veterans. I mean, I would, I would equate it before, you know, I, I would equate it to like with JC last year. I mean, he, you know, even then when we had training camp going, even though we knew Boye wasn't going to be able to play those first couple of games, they still had him running, you know, with the ones there for that first week or so. They, and we knew, we knew JC was going to be taking that one spot. At, at least we were pretty confident about it. Now, obviously Icky's much more of a lock than JC is. And Christensen doesn't have the uh, the experience that AJ would have had at that point. But I mean, I, <sighs> I, I, I we giving this start, we giving this we giving this coaches have a little bit more credit than what than what I think we probably should, bro. I think history. I think history. If, if we go back through history, we've made it's been a lot of questionable decisions about where we put guys at. I mean, because Christian was running guard last year. He was and, he was running that guard for the majority of camp last year. So I so so if we messed around and drafted a guard, our starting guard at number six, I'd be a little upset. But I mean, I don't think that's the case. But but I I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for this stab, bro. I'm not I'm not I'm not just giving ruling them the benefit of the doubt. The interesting part has been so far too. Number one, Jack, are you talking about Chris Manhurts? No, not Chris Manhurts. I don't Manhurts. I don't know the name. It's gonna kill me. Okay, so but what I've heard interesting too, though, has been even though we're not in pads, I think they go to pads tomorrow. Um, there has been a lot of movement with this line in terms of not just standing there blocking. There's been a lot of pulling. There's been a lot of moving. Like and that's not, what I'm hoping for. We're not. We know according to according to what we we've heard, um, the O line and and the O line coach. Uh, I can't remember his name, um, but they've gotten at it, and it's been a lot of a lot of a lot of pulls, a lot of moving, and and like we're not going to sit here and be stationary. We got, we got we got mobile people. We got guys who can move. We're going to take advantage of that. We're not going to just sit here and get on our, you know, on our on our legs and just stand there and try to block. We're going to move this line around because we got some athletic guys. So I think that's where, um, at the end of the day, you know, who who who's the starting five? They're not even talking about it right now. Um, but I think at the end of the day, they're looking at if we got five guys who can move. Uh, not only you know east and west, but north and south, um, stuff like that. So I think it'll be interesting to see what goes down there. And, and that's what I'm hoping for, you know, to the point where you can build those chemistries. And it might be even a thing where, you know, Jeff's talking about it, Shantice, where it might even be a, a, along the lines of they might want to run packages with their offensive line. And I hope they don't get too, you know, complacent in that because then that's going to make our our offense 
a little bit easier to read depending on who's where. But I mean, if you look at our de- at the guys we have at offensive line, I mean, right now if you look at the, the depth chart that they have listed, you know, it's Icky at left tackle, Elfline at guard, Bozeman at center, Corbett at right guard, and, and Taylor Moten at tackle. And for the most part, other than maybe Elfline, I would say it's a pretty solid indicator of what you would want to have. But now, say that you know, say Christensen and and, and Irving might have a better pull than Icky or, or, or Deontay might have better pass blocking and they want to, that's, I, there, I don't think there's any way they can. Cam Irving's unplayable, bro. You're not I understand that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's not on our team. Game. Not on our team. Yes, he is. Did you watch what that man did last year? Yes, I, but do you know who are, you just said it yourself, do you know who our coaching he, staff is? He is, uh, yeah, right, but that man is unplayable. I would agree with you there. He wouldn't even be on a spot anywhere else. And and that's the thing is that, so I can see them running different groups. And now here's what I don't want to do, because I understand that Icky is probably one of the most well-rounded guys we have on that line, but I don't want them doing what they've done to Moten, what they did to Trey Turner, what they did to, you know, freaking Dennis Daly before he even got out of the starting lineup is the fact is, is, is taking the guy they know can play anywhere putting the guys that are only just really good at one spot and moving that guy who can play anywhere, moving him all across the line. And then in the process, not letting him develop to his full potential at the spot he's supposed to. It was the thing we were upset about with Christensen running guard from the get-go is we were slated as he was supposed to be this guy that would be able to fill in at the left tackle position. And instead of – they would either – they left Moten on that side or moved Moten all around and they – then ran, you know, Christians and doing all this different, all this and that. I don't want to see that. I, I do not want to see that. I would like to see a less stationary offensive line to facilitate these guys that we have and, and create an offense that isn't just running up the middle. And I'm hoping that is what, you know, they do. And, and that's what I'm looking to see now. I think they're probably running a bit more, you know, being more aggressive because they've got those weird little, you know, puffy helmet pad things that they've got now that they're supposed to wear during camp. And if I'm not mistaken, they're supposed to wear during the preseason as well, yes. which I've heard some issue. I've heard some players have some issues with, with it as, 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 as far as it goes, I'm not really sure how, you know, how well-founded that is, but it is interesting to see that they've started to implement that. And I hope they continue to, you know, try to make ways that people aren't going to be injured. It's another thing I'm hoping to see a lack of Christian McCaffrey, honestly, do as little as you can with him let him, let him run around. But as I mean, he's already, he was running into photographers week one yeah. that would get out of the freaking way. So, Two, I think two running backs you will not see in preseason will be CMC and Derrick Henry, um, if not more. But those are the two you're not going to see. What we've heard now is really with CMC, it's just you can't risk it. I mean, you just can't take a chance, um, you know, and and that one little thing, um, you know. So, yeah, I, I from what I've heard here through the grapevines and stuff and talking to a few people in media, he, he will not see a snap in the preseason. And when you get to a certain point, you don't, you, you, you don't need it. He knows what he's doing, and we all know what he's doing. So get yourself healthy. Don't take any chances. Um, you're in that heat. You know, you're, you're cramped, whatever. You know, just, yeah, he, we won't see him on the field. Now, I am interested to see, I've heard, as far as it's been very, pretty silent about Foreman, I haven't really heard anything about Foreman in the mix so far. And I don't know if it's just too early to do so or, or you okay. know, even with, like, just social media in terms of, like, showing him out there. I haven't seen any video or anything of that nature. I think it's too early, man. You think his type of style of running isn't even suitable, isn't even suitable for just for no, for no contact. Like we we wouldn't really see his impact until we start putting the pads on, and then even then, 
with it being only training camp, we're not gonna fully see what he what he can do until we start getting into into some games, a couple, maybe a couple preseason games. But even then, it's like, well, how much do you want to showcase the Deontay Foreman? He's a guy that you're gonna you want you're gonna need for the long haul of a 17 game season. With the starter right now, they can't finish. They can't get make it past week five. So you, so you, then he's gonna he's, yeah. he should be getting treated like a starter as well. Like I mean, he's gonna have to carry a load, a, a big load of the offense right now. Well, he's a proven back. I mean, you have to look at his, you know, where he comes from and his stock. It's not like he's coming in fresh out, out of college. It's not like he's been riding the bench, you know, every place that he's been. He's put in the work. The work is on tape. I think you got to give Chuba Hubbard a lot more snaps. You got to you got to see what you're getting from him coming back into this training camp, coming back into this year. Um, I think we look good with the three-back system. Um, I think you give Christian McCaffrey as much – uh, rest as you can give him because we're going to need him later on in the season. To your point, Shantice, he hasn't made it past midterms and before final exams. So, I mean, that's just that's just the historical significance of CMC. I think Dante Foreman, honestly and truthfully, you don't really need to put a large impact on him. You're going to need him to hit those 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 red zone um, goal line offenses. I mean, uh, defensive lines, and we're going to need him to pound through there. So, you know, you don't want to put too much tread on him too much. You know, too early. And so, honestly, well, and so honestly, something I'd like to see out of out of him or Hubbard is because you know now maybe less with Hubbard just for in terms of how we want him you know to continue going forward. But Jeff, I'm interested to see what you know the type of role he played in Tennessee when Derek was healthy. I would almost even love to see him running in a little bit of a fullback set, either him or Tommy, maybe getting some stuff you know like we would have Tolbert do. I would love to see that again, or what we should have done and kept Davis with and had the two of them do that kind of that kind of you know role. All right. Everybody breathe for two seconds because I'm, like, I'm going to be the protagonist here, <laughs> which I haven't had a chance to do in a while. Um, I'm so tired of hearing this team is going to live and die by CMC. That, that's not – we're beyond that. That is – CMC is I, – I, I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my thought here, and I don't want to tick people off. You know, prove to me you can play now more than five or six games, and then we'll put you in the conversation of a great back. And I'm just being honest. I'm tired of like, yeah. that's all I've heard on the media it, it, uh, here in Charlotte has been like, well, we need CMC for the full season and blah, blah, blah. I, prove to me, you can, you know, and here's, and here's the scary part. And it's a very good point that was brought up on, uh, I was listening to a national radio show the other day and they were talking about CMC. It's not a broken foot. It's not a broken leg. We're talking about hamstrings, pulled muscles, stuff like that, that are recurring and recurring and recurring. Do you know what I'm getting at? It's not that one thing that, like, I'm going to give J.C. Horn a little bit of a break because he broke his – I mean, you know what I'm saying? He, what he did was bad. It's going to take a little while, and you're going to be sore. But these five or six games because your hamstring is sore or whatever, and I know I'm being the bad guy here, but li listen, Foreman – and let's be real. We said we haven't heard a lot about Foreman, Jack, and I get it, or Hubbard. Um, Chuck, whatever. It's Everybody for the Panthers between now and, and the first game is going to be quarterback talk. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're going to hear. That That's what the media is going to focus on. That's what people are going to focus on. And it's like the rest of the team doesn't exist until you get to week one against the Browns. So with Jeff, with Jeff, I will, I will say, too, I like it that way. I don't want you to talk about our running back core, to be 100 percent honest. I want you to forget that we've got Dante Foreman sitting over there. I want you to forget about Chuba Hubbard. I want you to talk about CMC. And to be quite frank with you, I think the one thing that we haven't addressed, and I think we've talked about it, I don't trust a lot of Alabama quarterbacks. It's the same thing with, with the running back that came out like CMC. I mean, CMC had been worked 
what, all four years at Stanford. Then he comes in and he's our primary back when he comes to the Panthers and he comes to a line that's pretty much the agent veteran in the who's who's list. So, you know, this guy got beat up his first two years. Then he signs the big contract. What do you expect? You can't run a running back like that when everybody else is doing two back systems. And it was proven with Ingram and what's my man? Ingram Kamara. and Kamara. And it was, yeah. And it was, it was proven with a couple of other boys at Duke Johnson and uh, my and man Trump. out in Arizona. Yeah. You know, so oh, all right. of those happen. Right. And you, you know, know, all J- of those happen at the same time. And you know, Jason, you're right on that because here's the deal. And I'll just, you know, I talk about it, or whatever. I'm a little interested to see what Derrick Henry does this year. Coming off that injury, is he going to yep. be the Derrick Henry we've come to know? And no Dante he, Foreman. And no Dante Foreman. And no Dante and no, Foreman. Yeah. And, and I was saying what? And I've, I've talked about this when I was on the show, you know, back however months it's been now. That guy's a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did the same thing with the Titans. Now, maybe the system, of course, and the, and the offensive line. But I, listen, Foreman, Foreman's a beast. But, you know, I'm a little you, – it's just everybody talks about you get to that 28, 29, four or five years in the league – you take a beating like CMC's taken. You take a beating like Derrick Henry's taken. I, I don't want to buy into it. I want him to be successful. I want him to be, you know, the two best running backs this year. I'm a little but, concerned. Let's see. So what? But Jeff, but Jeff, to your point, CMC should be out of top running back combos. I mean, even from even Madden rankings, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be even ranked as high as far as that goes. Because he, I mean, a because he hasn't played. B, he is still a very critical part to what Carolina does because Carolina. Has, has not found a quarterback that can survive without McCaffrey, without McCaffrey being their pacifier. So Agreed. until you get a Agreed. quarterback, and I don't think that quarterback on this roster either. Like I only out all out of all the guys, I think May, Mayfield still gonna have to utilize them a, a a good bit in order to get acclimated offense. And it, and, it, and if Baker Mayfield was learning a totally different system, I probably would lean towards me would lean towards him being able to survive without McCaffrey being his. His his mainstay, but until then, what every new quarterback seems to do, go to McCaffrey. It's a, it's an easy out. I mean, I, 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 I can't I can't fault him for it. And it wasn't not even quarterback. I mean, offensive coordinator too was what Brady did. You know, those first few weeks before you know he had those injuries. And I think the problem with we talk about McCaffrey is that. Um, he came in at a weird time where running backs had this sort of renaissance in college football there for that three year, 40 year period. And it was, you know, a big thing coming out. And you think about the people that were coming out into the draft when he was too, and the roles they played on their teams, you think, you know, Nick Chubb, Sakon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, all coming into teams that needed something desperately to, 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 to lean on, whether it was the Cowboys. Even for, yeah, especially even Fournette, you know, leaning on those guys, mm-hmm. even the Titans, Derrick Henry, you know, I mean, all leaning on these guys and then in the process becoming overworked and overrun and, and what the immediately pushed into the fold as X factors. Like, so Juan Barkley was getting compared to freaking, you know, like he was getting compared to, 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 to you know, freaking all these different guys. Walker and all those guys. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was, was, it was, was insane. Was. Like they were putting them all like right there with like Emmett Smith and all of them. Like, hold, hold on. They've been in there one year. Like, let's give it a, let's give it a minute. And so I but think, you see problem, but you see that. But so the thing, I think that it, the issue that created from McCaffrey too, specifically with the Panthers, you know, Cam was uh, still the guy at that point. We knew he was still the guy. He was deteriorating a little bit. This was the newest spark that, you know, Cam needed to continue and elevate a success. This was the most exciting thing to happen post Super Bowl for the Panthers for us. You know, it was something that the fan base was still fairly split upon in terms of where our needs laid at that point, but he was overutilized and, and became almost like the, 
the thing for fans to hold on to. And then, so he was, he was presented right like that. And now, you know, everyone's desperate for him to return to that point, especially when everything is changing with the Panthers, new regime, new, you know, everything is different. And they're looking for, he was, he's the last remnant of, of a team that even resembled what they did when they went to the Super Bowl. He's the last link. And he wasn't even a part of that team. He was just a part of the era that that team, you know, that, that, that team existed in. And so I think that's where like, we know we don't need to live and die by him, but we need him to be what he once was, or at least show that he still can be what he once was. We, we know we need him to stay healthy, but the, the, the Fairweather fans are, you know, the fans that are just dying for something to watch and Tepper especially need him to provide that X factor that he ha- that he has done. And I hope that he doesn't become that safety valve for Baker, because I think that was one of the issues that occurred while he in during his time in Cleveland is that they relied on him very heavily and it did not allow for Baker, whether because Baker couldn't establish a connection with his wide receivers or it, you know, deterred him from creating those, you know, relationships. I think McCaffrey honest to God needs to be the second look, you know, that he needs to be the second check, the second read. And whatever, if he's running a route or if it's an option, you know, we need to have him be that second thing, try to elevate the offense past him those first few weeks to give him a point to where he can, he can perform and, and, and participate and attribute to the offense again. Once he does that, it's like, it's the same thing as cam. I think we need to treat him like we treated cam last year, that week, that first week in Arizona, use him. Let when. Me, let, let me, let me be more unpopular than Jeff though. Let's let CMC get out there, get nice for like three or four weeks. And let's put him on the trading block. Now there's, uh, I'm just so. Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we do that? Because no team that wants wants that contract. The only one that we were even able to talk to about it was the bills. And we still couldn't, and we couldn't get anything. And they wouldn't give us anything that we thought was acceptable for that. To, to get because because that's the thing you can't really trade him because we're still we're trading him off of nostalgia at this point this is what he did right. do this is the impact he did have he hasn't had that impact but if, in you, a have year a, and a, but if you have a running back say you've got an ezekiel elliott and this is just sake of argument i'm about to be the most unpopular person in the state of north carolina right now but you've got a dallas cowboys who's got an ezekiel elliott Pollard is kind of iffy right now. Don't know what Pollard's going to do. He got injured. You know, they had some injury issues with him. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's issues. Why wouldn't we trade for Pollard? CMC for Pollard. Would you not make that trade? Would you not make that trade? Let let me, let let me, and I get it. Jason, I get you, man. I I understand. But I also understand what Jack says about the nostalgia part of it. Um, To me, if, if, if I'm bringing in CMC now, he's not a running back. I'm putting him in the slot. Mm. I, I'm, I'm putting him in the slot, and I'm gonna let him be that. That I mean, think about it. I mean, like, I like that you're trying to put him in like that Cordell Stewart, uh, Randall L slash kind of position. Slot. No, I'm slot I'm receiver putting, slash guy. No, I'm putting him in Julian Edelman. But see, I'm putting him in a Hunter Renfro. I'm putting him in a slot and letting him be a wide receiver, and letting he, him go out and get in. Get listen, get, he can't run up the middle. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. No, hold on. If he could run up the middle, he would have been playing more games than he's played over the last two years. 
he there's a difference between up the middle and getting hit when you get when you run up the middle we we don't jeff you remember specifically because i remember what he did to the titans that week he had that 75 yard touchdown and it was right in between the tackles it was not outside he ran right up in front of jeffrey simmons and you remember he did that i know but what i'm getting at is that is one play but it wasn't but but what but like I mean, he, but you know what I'm saying though? I mean, just get him outside. Of, well, and like Shanti said, nobody wants him right now because he'd be going on the south. Nobody's, nobody's going to trade for him. It's the same reason that no one traded, that the, the Cowboys didn't try to get rid of Zeke or trade. No one would want that contract. No one wants Zeke right now. It's the same reason why they won't trade Pollard because they need Pollard. I mean, there was talk last year of Pollard. The fa- fans in Dallas wanted Pollard to take the starting spot. They were upset when Zeke was coming in to fill in. And it's the same reason that the Giants won't go away from Saquon Barkley. It's that same mentality of the emphasis he played on that team. But, Jeff, I'm sorry. I'm going to count. The reason why I don't think we should move him to running into slot is the same reason why, you know, why they won't try to make Josh Allen a pocket, pa- you know, a, 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 a scrambling pocket pass or whatever they do it because they f- tried to fix the issue back 2019, 2020, especially I think it was 2019 specifically, most of his runs were in between the tackles. We remember what he did in Arizona, what he did in Tampa Bay to the Jaguars. He had Chanty's correct me if I'm wrong, four or five 50 plus yard touchdowns and they were in between the tackles. The reasoning is that he can't do it anymore is because he's get, we didn't have a line to facilitate like they would get one of those openings and he would make it through. But the rest of those, unfortunately we were running him into a brick wall every first down and second down, then third down a hole opened up and he'd make that split. And I think now arguably we have a line that finally could facilitate more of those holes. Right. And and soft tissue injuries are, are are tricky because they don't, they don't, they don't come from contact necessarily. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not even. So you could argue it's even, the change of direction and having him do those extra things other than running outside that might have facilitated this injury. Yeah, when 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 you're when 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 you're right as far as how many times you're on the field is ninety nine percent for an entire season, bro. You're gonna you're not. I mean, just realistically, your body's not gonna hold up over that over that kind of period, you know. And so I, we, and I look at the work and look at the weight that he gained from year one to year two. Oh to my year God. Two. Like he, I mean, he put on so much mass, man, that your body. It takes time for you to learn how to facilitate that body and be healthy with that body. I mean, that's a lot of work to put on that body to get it done. And those two years that he put on that book, he didn't have the line to help him, you know, stay healthy. He just didn't. And so now we're here. I just I wanted to say that I wanted to be the most unpopular because you said Saquon Barkley. If you're asking me, I give Saquon Barkley another year or two and he's done. I'm, but if we're being real about it, if we're being real, I'm giving McCaffrey that same that same slot. Like I, I need, and I think that's why this year you're going to see him outside of the tackles, honestly, probably a little less. I think they know that Mm. I think they will. I think they, I think the change of direction, the doing the extra stuff, it's that extra stuff, having to juke out guys and front flip and, you know, spin people out, out in the flats, run people over. He can do it, but the were created by, by him being overworked. So I think where they're going to try to use him is that simple, just let's run him when we need him. We've got other guys that can do that extra stuff. You know, they've got, we've got the guys that can, we need to implement it. That's the problem. They might not implement it, but we've got the guys that, and just because they have foreman and who can do the exact same thing and arguably probably a little bit better, at least a bit more consistently, doesn't mean that you still overutilize McCaffrey to the point where those injuries are going to come about. I hope that's what I'm looking for. Just learning from mistakes from this staff. Maybe maybe CMC becomes your third down back. 
that's what I'm saying. Maybe we, I think maybe we utilize them like we used Cam week one. You get your guy that gets you into these, you know, you get your guys that gets you down in between the red zones. Then when you know you need McCaffrey, you need a wheel route from him. You need, you know, you need a, a big play. Not all, and not all season because he's worth more than that. We've paid him too much for that, and he can do more than that. But you gotta ease him in. I think that's what didn't go. We know that's. I mean, that's why they said they're not going to blame him in the preseason almost at all. Hopefully that sticks because they didn't ease him in last year. And whether it was short turnaround between Sunday to Thursday or the stupid turf field that exists in Houston, you know, one the the amalgam of things went wrong that needed to go wrong, and he was down for the count again. And that's why I think it's and and that's just the nature of this game, right? And it's why that guy on Twitter is getting flamed right now for suggesting an 82 game football season. And they're making all jokes about what, how linebackers would be forgetting their middle names if we had by game 35. But as we talk about injuries and, you know, and talk about, you know, the, the, the depth offense is one of the things I'm not really worried about as far as depth goes. Uh, offensive line for me, I'm a little bit more confident now, even if I do have to maybe rely on, you know, un, 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 untested Deontay Brown or, you know, unproven Dennis, Dennis Daly or, unnecessary Cameron Irving, but I'm a little bit more confident in the depth in our offense as opposed to the depth all, all around in our defense. And unfortunately, that's where we're seeing guys like J.C. Horn on the PUP list. And from what I'm hearing, Shaq is, uh, inj- Shaq's injuries or Shaq's knee might not be as – it might be a little bit more worse for wear than we were originally told. So that's why I'm wondering how – Concern you all are maybe with the defense at this point, especially when we're, you know, we, we are pretty much out of the Carlos Dunlap conversation for better or for worse. And we didn't, you know, jump in on any, on any linebackers. Like we might've could, we might, we maybe should have been in some more linebacker conversations like the guy out of, uh, out of Chicago. Um, At this point, man, it's just a hope and pray that some of these guys can get can get back whenever they can get back as early as possible as, as well because i mean right we don't it's not gonna be a, a true replacement for Shaq or however long it takes jc horn to get back to, to get back as well but the bright side with jc horn being out is that all right there's cj henderson there there's still dante jackson there's some there's some other guys keep taylor they they, they they get more reps because of jc being out at linebacker bro that's been the one position we've not been able to figure out the last two to three years we don't have much depth we don't have a lot. We don't have – and even the guys that were playing, I mean, these are guys that were great in previous styles, like maybe like two or three years ago. Like Littleton hasn't been – Littleton hasn't been a guy I've looked at since about 2019, even what was it, was it with De- Damian Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Those are guys that I – you know, you really remain prominence by their being the, the, the base players on your Madden Ultimate team. Exactly. So, I mean, like these aren't guys that are moving – that are necessarily moving the needle as far as impact. But can they be solid starters, and can they be, you know, and can they come in and be a solid, solid contributors while Shaq is out? That would be great, but it's not gonna. It, 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 they need to keep us afloat more so than anything. You don't, have, say, to, you don't have to be phenomenal; just keep us afloat. I say to their credit, I think that's what the two of those players have done fairly well in, in terms of the positions they play. They've been fairly consistent. Not your, you know, they're not going to be your 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 three sacks a game kind of guy. They're not going to be your star players, but they're on the field. They're on the field for the amount of defensive snaps you have, and they're going to be out there at least providing a body out there. I think, you know, Littleton on the outside and Wilson on the inside. And then, I mean, you know, I think this is a big year for Frankie. I think, you know, the 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 notoriety for Frankie or the, you know, the novelty for Frankie is out the window. You know, it was it was cute last year. It was it was a cool it was a nice story. We were excited to see it. You, you like seeing guys like him do well. 
but this year you got to you got to evolve upon it. And and he's gonna he might have. I mean, he's not a just you know plug and play guy. He's gonna be a rotating you know regular player on that on that three man. And and that's also you know dependent upon what system Snow wants to run this year. And that's another thing. I'm wondering you know if Wilkes is gonna have some sort of impact on what you know set he wants to run back there in the back with the four of them. Because that, you know, looks a little bit different now. But I, I, I agree with you. I think they might be able to run that a, a little well. Now, with Melvin retiring, coming kind of out of the, out of the works, do what, Jason, what kind of impact do you see? I mean, he was not, you know, obviously a startup by any means, but he did start certain weeks because we needed him to, especially once Horn went out and he was a, you know, a, rota- a rotating guy. Or do you see the, the, do you see, were they already planning on CJ taking much more of that role this year? Well, I look at it. I look at it a couple of different ways. I think him retiring is him retiring. I think there's a lot of people like Carson that's surprising a lot of people. I think one thing that we have to keep our ears open to is the fact that training camp is just starting. There are going to be a lot of people rotating in and out of these training camps. We may be able to pick up some of these guys who get cut or who get released kind of early to kind of fill those fill those spots. Um, especially on the, at the linebacking position, I think that that's something that we haven't been able to address since we lost Keek earlier on right I mean he put a he put a he put a huge blow into that defense and so trying to replace him he put Shaq into that role whether he was ready for it or not I think he stood in that position he's doing very well at it but then you don't have anybody to backfill Shaq at that point with that mentality which is why you know we were talking earlier on in the earlier on in the season this year when I was saying you know this is Matos's time I could see him being that hybrid player playing up or down put him on the line, put him at the linebacker, and hopefully he can kind of adopt and adapt into that hybrid role. That's what I see more of him from his athleticism. Um, but I think that there's a lot of people out there that once the, once the dust settles, you know, they, you're going to have your injuries. We're going to be able to pick up some people to help fill those slots. Um, with Rashad Melvin going away, the key there is J.C. Horn. Dante Jackson's got to live up to his freaking – nickname his moniker okay show some action this year please like i would like to see more action and less mouth let's get out there and let's ball um and then we may be able to you know with cj henderson and being able to do that rotation um i i think we've got some 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 fillers there that can definitely help us out and like i said i mean you you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit and i would you know we had some inklings we tried burns there out a little bit trying to do that we obviously saw what you know um we obviously saw what um, um oh my god i can't remember his name Safety. Chin, we, we saw what Chin was able to do his rookie year. Jeff, do you think you might see a little bit more of, of pulling Burns back into the second level or pushing or pushing um or pushing, you know, uh, Chin into the into the second level coming from with the guys we have, you know, with you have you have Woods and you have Burrs out there at safety. Chin has the availability now to be able to do a little bit more. And then Burns, I think, should stay on the line. We need him. I think this is the year he needs to show he can be that guy on the line. But do you see them? pulling him back a few times, maybe running him in like a, a, a stand and edge kind of thing. I, I think you got to keep Burns where he's at. Number one, you know, I think the secondary is fine. Um, however, JC comes back when he does or whatever, but Brian, you gotta, you gotta keep him on the line. He's just too dominant of a force to put him back anywhere else. I, I think, um, you know, if you, if you have one or two guys on the offensive line, I'm defensive line who are going to get to the quarterback and stuff. To me, that's a little more of a impact than, Who's playing your linebackers, if that makes sense? No, I, I agree with that. because and, and, you know, as for Shaq, um, he has told the media here that if game one was two weeks away, he wouldn't go. If game one was three weeks away, he doesn't know. He he doesn't think he's going to go week one. Um, 
And that'd be a little interesting against Cleveland uh, because you have that running back um, duo and in, in, in there um, and a pretty good offensive line. Quarterback-wise, it's a whatever. I, I, who's a quarterback for Cleveland? I, I don't even know. Still Brissett at this point in time. All right, well, that whatever. That didn't put the fear of God in me. But anyway. Cam Newton's on the, Cam Newton's on the phone. Cam yeah. Newton's on the phone for them. I'm, I'm still waiting for that to happen. But anyway, back to Shaq. When Shaq has said it would be – it might be a push for week one. So I think let him rest. Make sure your linebacker core is there. But keep you got to keep Burns where he's at. The secondary with – um. You know, uh, Melbourne retirement and stuff like that. You've got a good core back there. You've got one of the best. I think you got one of the better secondaries in the NFL back there. Um, if JC, you know, and from what I've heard here, just to give you guys an update, what I'm hearing here is he's had he's been sore, and it's really been more like preventative. So I would not be surprised yeah. to see him on the field this week. If it gets to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, and he's not been on the field, and he's starting to he's still feeling some soreness and stuff. Then I'd start to worry a little bit. But I, back to your question, Jack. Keep you got to keep B squared on the on the line. You just you got to have that presence on the line. I think you have that one player on the line who can cause havoc. Your linebackers can play with that if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's what like I was. I mean, I, I got to the point where I'll do like I'll do like a four. I'm thinking a four two five is your best bet at, at at a base set in my mind, really. And Phil's not been very adverse to change. I mean, they he's. I mean. I try. I was thinking about. It, I was like, "What set do we normally run?" Because we don't normally run a set. You know, he's normally just this. It's just eleven guys out there. It's, it's almost a zone defense at that point, like you would run in basketball. But I'm, I'm hoping if we do have a base set this year, it would be something like a four-two-five, and you have Burns, Yatur, Derek, um, and Ianatis on the on the four. You have some combination of Wilson and Littleton or Shaq, and you know, one one of those four, four, and then you put back there. You know, you put Woods. You put. Chin or Burris, then you put Dante, JC, and, and CJ, you know, or, or maybe you run three safeties. If it's me, I'm putting Burris and Woods back there and letting Chin fr- free roam around. Have him up for a blitz if you need it. Have him linger back, whichever one you way you go. I, mean, I don't think we can run him in the slot by any means. You'll have to put CJ in there for a slot, you know, for some sort of slot move. But that would be um that would be what I would I would think would be best. Um I agree. So before we go, we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but I mean, we were something we were discussing. And as far as Jeff and Shantise and myself are concerned, we saw Debo getting that extension, pretty much comparable to what Kirk was. Kirk got. I was expecting a little bit more based upon his solely upon his output. Uh, it's fifty three guaranteed, seventy seventy three for the three year extension. Interesting to see why that happened, but just off of it, and Jeff, you talked about it a little bit earlier. AJ's throwing some shade at the Titans because all these other 2019 receivers are getting extensions like D, you know, DK did. And uh, right. I go off? happy about it. He's got a point, too. Let me go off here. Two seconds. My boy didn't even play five or seven games last year. I still would have given him 75. He was yeah. injured. And, well, listen, I, I've, I've listened to a lot more of the media, and I know I shouldn't listen to the media, whatever. I don't think Debo is. I don't think Debo is a diva. I think AJ is. Well, that's. And, yeah, and, and yeah, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think there was a lot. I think there was a lot more going on there than we know about. Um, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I, it, I, I, I hate to say it, and I'm, I don't mean to say it, you know, but AJ's gone. Fine, bye. Have a good, have a good time. But stop putting it all in the Titans. All contracts are a two-way street. All contracts are you. I mean, so don't sit there and just put it all on them. At the end of the day, we all know how that goes. It's a business, and I get it. 
He wanted he wanted more money. We didn't want to give it to him. Then so be it. We we went twelve and five without Julio, without AJ, without Derek. Now I don't know that you know whatever we do this year. I don't even want to think about it right now. But you know what I'm getting at. So I think Debo wanted to stay in San Francisco. He was happy with where he is. He's excited maybe to play with Trey Lance. Um, and you know he's become a prominent player in the NFL. One of the top players in the NFL. Players they they've used him and God bless him. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Debo. I think I think I think Debo had the Jimmy Graham sort of mentality, right? Which he deserved it, right? He was way more integral to that offense than you would let on, right? He was much more of a running back than a receiver in most times. He was your goal line. He was your red zone. He was he was he was pretty much your identity. So Debo had a leg to stand on. AJ Brown, I would say, Jeff, I hear you, but I guarantee you, by week five. You're gonna be missing AJ Brown. I mean, you're gonna be missing AJ. I mean, I guarantee it. I mean, considering that before AJ Brown, I don't think anyone outside of Tennessee could name a Titans wide receiver circa 2002. I I, I think that alone was is enough to give him at least you know at least 55 to 60 to 70 million well you know and, and i jason i listen i'm terrified of the season i really am but at the end of the day <laughs> and listen i'm just gonna be real and we'll, we can talk about it and I'll, I'll you know i'll talk about it all day long if 22 is healthy and you've got him in the backfield he's the best running back in the nfl and when you play the two safeties and you bring them up people get open i mean ryan Tannehill and shantice and i will go around the horn Tannehill, listen people can say what they want about him but he took a team with Westbrook Akine and guys you've never heard of and went 12 and five. So I, I am, I am, trust me, I get it though. I, 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 I think we will. And, and I did hate to see him go, but at the end of the day, the more and more I've heard um, at certain points um, you just, you got to let some people go, but we'll see. I'm, I'm a little, um, I don't think we're going to be 12 and five and I don't think we're going to be, <laughs> you know, um, where we were, but um whether we miss him or not, like I said, he was he wasn't reliable last year, and, and so um, um, we'll, we'll see. But I hate that he went to the Eagles. Yeah, but yes, but but that affected the CMC deal and stuff like that. If you got guys where you got to bring two safeties up, and you got to stack the box because you're worried about somebody, Ryan Tannehill can look like an All Pro quarterback. I guess I will. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had Nick Chubb, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it, 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 at the end of the day, you get into that deal. Um, you can make things work if you've got some guys who can catch the football. But Jason, Jason, I think you're right. By week five, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh we'll we'll catch up week five. <laughs> Circling back now, though, as we look into the regular season, we did announce the Panthers announced their keep pounding game for this year. You know, they do it every year, especially now. They're going to make it a much bigger thing, obviously, with Sam Mills finally getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but this year it'll be the uh, week four game hosting the Cardinals, which is just amazing to me because we haven't lost to the Cardinals in six straight matchups. And hopefully that will be a great environment to continue that uh, to continue that route, because I, I, it's so, the weirdest matchup between the Cardinals that we have this weird relationship with. But hopefully it continues that way. <laughs> Let's just hope Kyler Murray studies his four hours, even though they don't have it in his contract. I said they took the clause out. <laughs> can I just say that, to me, that was the most bizarre thing I have ever heard in my entire life. And to me, I, it, to me, it was kind of a shot at who he was. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm trying to tread lightly here. But, like, 
No, 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 you're right. They no, slighted no, him. Right. They I mean, slighted him. They slighted him to say, we're going to give you this money, but we're going to let everybody know that we're giving you this money with the contingency that you come to school every day. Because yeah, right now, you, yeah, because right now we see you on Call of Duty every night and then you come in and then you throw a temper tantrum in the fourth quarter. That's what they don't want to see. Yeah, it, it was definitely, a, I mean, it's one of those things that, that you know it, it it came out because somebody wanted to come out. Like, oh, that come exactly. Out Absolutely, so, exactly. And to put and to put that out about your starting quarterback. I mean, my I mean, here's the thing: it's not a great look on either side, a because I mean, as an NFL player, you're having if it has to be written in your contract, if you need to watch film, that's not a great look. And B, if you're the team paying them forty six million, bro, why are you paying forty six million for a guy you got to require to watch four hours worth of film? Well, Shantice, I told you, I told you why, right? They were scared of the quarterback carousel. They don't want to go down. They don't want to go down and say, hey. We didn't give him this money, and then Colin messes around and goes up to Seattle and blows it up, right? Well, and, and blows you know, it up, right? And you know the interesting part is this: you can say what you want about the playbook, and you can study it left and right, but when plays break down, and you got Cam Newton, right. and plays break down, and you got Russell Wilson, and you got Kyler Murray, and you got all these guys, the playbook kind of goes. We just, I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes. Are you paying your talent and their smarts and their athleticism? Are you worried about really about X's and O's? Because at the end of the day, it's about W's. It's about W's. But it's some guys, w's. you know, some guys need to be able to have that, you know, familiarity with the playbook. Like that was the downfall for Cam this past season, not having a familiarity. Because you, at some, at a certain point, if they're if they're going to be making those calls, you still have to run with them. The instincts can only get so far, depending upon the guys you have around them, especially with the way that the, the Cardinals, you know, True. you know, whoever who, who they have on the team. I, I, it's not surprising, but well, no DeAndre Hopkins for the first what six games, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. The whole season itself is going to be one just giant interesting thing. But of course, we won't have to wait too long. But until then, gotta keep waiting and keep pounding.